Hi, and welcome to the Joyful Balance podcast. You're here with your two co-hosts. I'm Mira. I'm a neuroscientist and nutritionist who specializes in nutrition and mental health. And I've got here my wonderful co-host, Denise, who's a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist focusing on sleep and having healthier diets and lifestyles. We're here to take you on a complete journey of your mind, your brain, and your body, and how these three things are interlinked. We cover psychology, neuroscience, and nutrition, and all our personal and professional experiences along that we've amassed along the way. And so today, Denise, we're going to be talking about something that's very close to both of our hearts, and that's diet culture. Yes. So welcome, everyone. I am. Um... First of all, I think we should uh, definitely remind everyone that we've been on a hiatus for a little while. It's not yep. uh, it's not something we planned for. It kind of happened, you know, life happened and we decided to run with it. So here we are back for another episode. We haven't we've forgotten you guys. <laughs> no, no, we made it back. Yeah. Yes. And indeed, uh, when Mira and I sat down last time, we were thinking, OK, what what do we need to cover? What is so close to both our hearts, as you say? And uh, we said, okay, well, diet culture <laughs> and emphasis on culture rather than diet. Because as we know, it's important to have a healthy diet in your life. It's, uh, you know, it's promoting good health all around. But this culture of constant dieting, I think is quite detrimental, wouldn't you think? Mm -hmm. 100% without shadow of doubt. It's just, um, I came across this uh, this channel where it was talking about, recently it was talking about um, dieting and how um, there is a new thing now called uh, weight loss based on your hormone uh, special signature. Okay. And they were, you know, like some CGI type women show yeah. on this ad and uh, they were saying, you know, if you are having trouble with this hormones, then your body shape looks like this, then you should be fasting however many hours. Or if your body looks like uh, apple shape, then you are having problems with another whatever hormone they may or may not okay. made up. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, you need to eat low fat, low carb, low everything. So basically, it's the same demon, but with a different type of uh, perspective. Because <laughs> yeah. the outcome diet itself, i.e. Uh, super harsh fasting rules or low fat, low carb or ketogenic or whatever, is the mm -hmm. same. So the, 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 uh, the result of your tests, quote unquote, test of hormone imbalances will mm. take you to one of the already known diets anyway. Yeah. So I was just wondering... Why? Why do people continue to push us into these kinds of boxes? Yeah, and I think that's quite important to talk about. Um, yeah, probably quite early on. There is, weight loss is actually a really complicated subject. It really isn't just about calories, um, that calories in and calories back out. Calories can be a useful metric in certain well, there's there's issues with calories as well, right? But, but yeah, they're, they're not accurate. So let's let's call exactly the spade. The spade yeah, oh, fine. But equally, there is value in assessing volume of food and nutrient density in comparison to the calories that you get from that food, because not all calories, like 
10 gal- calories oh, it's a terrible example like 100 calories of haribos are not the same as 100 calories of blueberries um, just as an example in terms of nutritional value so that so calories always need to be taken into context of the entire food and the entire picture of a diet it's not as simple as well i should only consume x amount of calories and it doesn't matter where they come from um now why did i start talking about calories and diet culture why yeah so basically the point is like everyone needs a personalized approach and i kind of do see the value in understanding someone's individual hormonal picture just because but from accurate blood testing not just from body shape because it can help it doesn't help necessarily decide the diet but it helps decide the actions that someone takes mm-hmm. so for example if someone is like having showing like their, their cortisol levels are up then there really is value in working in helping that person be able to see that starkly on a picture of on a blood test result and actually do something about that because cortisol will cause fluctuations in your blood sugar that contributes to weight gain mm-hmm. um it can cause you to stress eat etc so the there's definite value in it but they always need to be taken into context and that's the thing we forget and just one diet and what's really important to say is weight loss for one person and the diet they need will look very different compared to potentially another person Mm. so providing overarching advice that everyone should follow is slightly problematic because it really doesn't take into context the individual um yeah that's my two my two cents worth yeah yeah thank you for that I was just obviously being a um, a woman first of all in my 30s second of all then i have uh, you know been bombarded with these types of ads on social media and stuff and i was just thinking okay maybe there is some new news you know there is something mm. new but then as i as i said i was going through to the next step and then i said oh hello good old friend it's like atkins has a resurrection everything oh god is... yeah i know so that's why i was like okay this is it feels like we're progressing but we are not really progressing and personally i i have a problem with with this types of um restrictive diets that's i would like to call them restrictive because they restrict you in some sort of way yeah and Sometimes they restrict you to stupid amounts of calories, like 1,000 a day or something, which sounds crazy unless there is a medical reason behind it. Yeah. And um, they are a one-blanket-fits-all type of approach in most cases. And the issue I have with them is that we know, research shows us, that they don't work. Over 94% of them fail. It's not because the humans that are trying to embark on these journeys fail. It's because them, the diets themselves, are not sustainable. Yeah, and that's a very big, important point as well. Like, I think there's like more than ever, there is stigma around what someone weighs, I think. Mm-hmm. And what's important to remember is that BMI is not a perfect tool to assess someone's overall health picture it can form part of it, but it absolutely, it's very outdated. It's not accurate. It's, it's like, it's like using the weather app on your phone. Mm -hmm. It's, it potentially has a barometer for what your experience is like, or what your health is like, but it's, 
it's by no means a thing that you absolutely rely on as a picture of health. There are so many other factors to consider. And yeah, BMI has been shown to not be the best tool in in terms of measuring someone's like metabolic health, for example. There are many mm-hmm. other more accurate t- tools that you could use. And I think there's so, like there is so much stigma and like losing weight is not easy. It's so multifactorial that actually sometimes has nothing to do with your diet. Mm. Like you could, and it's so important to tackle what like losing weight is not about losing weight. It's about changing your lifestyle. Correct. Um, and actually the benefits of changing your lifestyle far outstrip just the losing weight element. And that's really important to say as well. So as practitioners, I think both Denise and I probably work quite hard to, yes, well, for me in particular, more than Denise, I guess, like take into account that weight loss is something that someone feels they need to do from a health perspective. Um, but it's not, it's not the the end goal in its in and of itself. No. Yeah. And I think that's the way you actually make it sustainable. And that's definitely something that I kept reading and, and have, ex- you know, experienced again and again. Um, ideally it's the side effect rather than the main goal yeah it, it, it becomes the side effect because if you think about somebody who let's say let's give them let's give our listeners an example if you think about the, a woman in their 30s and uh, is not sleeping well and she's uh, you know overworked uh, she's trying to juggle uh, you know married life let's assume or relationship life and work life and maybe even a child and is also trying to you know feed the family doesn't mm. know how to cook maybe i don't know all of that takes into a, and the pressure maybe she puts on herself to lose weight all of that is already you know a very complicated scenario and you have to see as you say the person in its entirety with all of the um, you know facets and we are multifaceted individuals but I think my, my point here is even a change in sleep will positively change uh, weight, for Absolutely. example. Absolutely, yeah. Right? You would mm-hmm. have potentially less mood swings during the day and you will not turn to another box of chocolates. But at the same time, if that person in this example is uh, doing some work to manage stress at work and is also sleeping better, and is also learning to cook, then it's already a huge impact everywhere else in their life. Totally. Yeah. And that's a really important point. Like, I think when you, when you are like, when you worry about your weight, I think there's always a good, it's always a good opportunity to just stop and take stock of what's going on in your life and figuring Mm. out what is contributing to that issue. And you know, you could try and exercise more like, and that, and you should, uh, that's ideal. Like we should all be, you know, being active is, is definitely better for our brains and our bodies and studies have shown that time and time again, but you could be doing that and still struggle with not being able to lose weight. Ah. And that's because you're stressed or like Denise has said, you're not sleeping enough. And the combination, the deadly combination of those two is that you are exhausted. And when you're exhausted and you're also, your motivation is low, then the desire to reach out for more comforting, less nutritious options is 
is much higher and it just makes it difficult. Plus there is the hormonal factor that is making it more difficult to lose weight. And even when you're on that journey of losing weight, you know, what you have to factor in is there are additional hormonal changes that are making it harder because, you know, when you start to lose weight, um, when you're, when you've put on weight, you, you can, you know, put on muscle, but you also put on a lot of fat and fat releases, um, a hormone called leptin, which makes you feel more full. Now, as the fat begins to drop, your leptin levels begin to drop. And that then makes you more hungry, which would make sense because your body's just going into survival mode. Like that's, that makes total sense. Um, and also you will start to, you know, you would start to lose muscle mass and that is, you know, your body then starts to try and conserve energy. So it's just to remind you that, you know, actually, you know, it's really complicated and it, and it can feel a little bit like your body's working against you in a way. Mm. You can think about, well, I'm trying to lose weight, but my body's making me feel more hungry and that's mm-hmm. really annoying. So it's just to try and put, like remind you that actually, if you, if you're finding the changes hard, it's totally understandable because your body's going through a massive process of change and it's going into survival mode, which may make it extra challenging to ignore impulses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that with the right tactics that you can't succeed in reaching your goals. It just requires some knowledge, some insights, some trialing things out until you find the things that work for you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why I have a problem with those blanket <laughs> diets that promise you the world because they consider everybody to be more or less the same with yeah identical uh, hormone balances or imbalances with, uh, you know, relying on BMI and uh, how tall are you and what is your circumference around your waist. And yeah, I just feel like it puts everybody into a box. And when you do embark into, uh, onto one of these journeys, what you realize after maybe potentially an unsuccessful journey is that the reason why it may not work for you to keep up with a restricted diet and to keep up with this desire to lose weight in this let's call it unsustainable way is because you relinquish your sense of control Mm. you give your sense of control to an app a point system a number of calories that you need to track which are inaccurate as Mira was saying and you get absorbed by that thing that you have to control which actually as Mira was pointing out is not always within your sphere of control because if your leptin levels are lower your body wants more food (laughs) so it's going to be a struggle in a way that's just the way it works, but because you are on this diet that promises you that in six weeks you will have whatever abs and something like that, you immediately think the fault is you. Yeah. Not not you, uh, uh, I don't know, you because you realize that it's unsustainable, but you as in I am the human that is wrong in this equation because the diet promised abs in six weeks and I can't deliver them. Therefore I am. And then you start with all the negative works towards yourself. Oh, hundred percent. And like, you know, just to point out, you know, and, and also with that, 
let's say you go on a restrictive diet, maybe you see results initially and because they are quite an extreme change um, quite often. And then let's say you see some results, but then results kind of tail off, you get demotivated or the diet is completely, as Denise said, unsustainable because it is so restrictive. And so you lose some weight initially, but then what can often happen, and this is what's called yo-yo dieting, is then you stop the diet and then you rapidly not only put on the weight, but sometimes can quite often can put on more. Um, and so you end, and then you kind of put on more weight and then you end up going back into, you know, you kind of panic and you go back into dieting. Maybe you try the same diet, maybe you try a different one. Um, and that, that, that cycle gets quite dangerous metabolically for your body. You know, there's a risk that, um, you could, you know, your, your heart, your, um, cardiovascular system, so your heart and your blood vessels are at more risk of disease. There's some evidence that it can lead to diabetes. There's obviously the increased weight gain. And, um, there is some, but it's only really in animals thus far, that it can also cause your liver to develop more fat inside it, which is also not good for your liver. It's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Um, it can increase your blood pressure. And, and actually quite importantly, when you're on this path of yo-yo dieting where you kind of restrict uh, and then the diet fails, not you, the diet fails. Um, and then you, you then feel like a complete failure and then you press the, can we swear on this podcast? I think we can. Yes, why not? <laughs> Okay. Uh, and then we you choose. Press the, and then you press the fuck it button and you say, well, I'm just going to eat what I want. And then you end up putting on more weight. And also because your metabolism goes through so many changes as well, you put on more weight. And it's it's just this never ending cycle. And this yo-yo dieting, like studies have found, is really detrimental to your health. So what Denise and I need to do between us, um, is work out what are your kind of what is the thing that is actually holding you back from just overhauling bit by bit and that's an important point to mention bit by bit your lifestyle that so that overall you are feeling happier and healthier and that's what it's all about absolutely i find it more and more frequent that as i'm working with my clients everybody wants a quick fix yeah, but how, but how can I sleep better tonight? Instantly, I when they it's not like I want to sleep better. I.e., I want half an hour more. I want to sleep eight hours. Coming yeah. from uh, you know, two years of insomnia where they could sleep only two hours a night, mm. and they want the quick fix. Okay, uh, you know, magic wand kind of thing. And I think in diet culture there is a lot of that, and I think yeah. it's a, it's preyed upon. It's do this quick thing and then it will happen, or eat this protein shake bar and then this magical thing will happen in two weeks' time and you're gonna drop the kilos. And it reminds me of the commercials. I don't know if you remind remember them. They were in the '90s, I think. That shows off my age. Uh, <laughs> I was a child and I remember I was getting very impressed by these sweating tracksuits that you would wear. The oh, suit. interesting. Okay. And then what well, they like foil lined or something. Yes. And then yeah, you were yeah, exercising yeah, yeah. in them. And then whenever you opened the man or the woman was opening the jacket of the tracksuit, it was like all sweaty and the, you know magically again the fat was shedding completely and it was running away from your body and in two weeks time you were you know cindy clawford 
I just, I think that as, as all of us are interested in improving our lives, improving our health and becoming better, we get hung up on this quickness. And I, that's what I think there is my message in, in this episode is there is no quick option for well, health. There are a series of quick steps, i.e. instead of reaching for the bar of chocolate, maybe have some oats. That is a quick step. And if you can yeah. manage to sustain that for a long period of time, you will definitely see some improvement, I'm sure. Same with, uh, with sleep. You want to have a better night's sleep, maybe ditch the phone before yeah. bedtime scrolling forever and ever that would be a quick step quote unquote quick because it might take you some time to get used to that new normal but there is no quick fix in terms of weight loss I don't believe there is no I agree um it is you know and I can speak to personal experience like it is really tough like you know uh losing weight and I think it's also like you know there's a huge genetic component as well about how well you you know how much you're affected by carbohydrates um and naturally what proportion that makes in your diet based on your culture or whatever the ubiquitous nature of healthy and uh, well pseudo healthy is in like they pretend to be healthy but they're not and also just unhealthy food and how accessible it is and actually how hard it is to get fresh um balanced meals um so i really do recognize all of those like all of those struggles from personal and professional experience but um like denise said like there absolutely is no quick fix there is no magic weight loss supplement um, you know, a lot of the kind of diet teas will just make you um, basically poo out some weight rather than actually contribute to weight loss. Um, and yeah, that other than they don't, I wouldn't even take it for that basis. It, they're, they're really not good for your digestive health either. And so, yeah, I agree with Denise. Like there, there really is no fix. There is no perfect like weight loss supplement. Um, there are potential nutrients that could help with sensitivity of your cells to things like insulin, um, which is a hormone that helps take sugar out of your blood um, and put it into your cells, etc. But but other than that, it really does come down to, as Denise says, the quick, the kind of quote unquote quick wins of making really small but sustainable changes over time that ultimately get you the results of a happier, healthier lifestyle. Like that is key. Um, you may find initially that these, you know, just if I'm uh, speaking to a client, like, you know, you do talk about things like potential intolerances. You may look at slightly altered uh, balance of plate, but generally it's always going to be the same. Half of your plate should be veggies, quarter is protein and quarter is whole grain, um, carbohydrates including starchy uh, vegetables but yeah like other than than that it kind of like it's the same advice over and over in terms of what you need to do to live a healthier lifestyle and that will contribute to weight loss so it is yes it is getting sufficient sleep because if you don't get sufficient sleep it makes it very hard to ignore your cravings um and also it does mess up your hormones that make it again even harder to ignore your cravings let alone just the fatigue on its own um 
And if you're not managing stress, again, that has an impact on your physiology that make it harder to either ignore cravings or actually lose weight because your body's trying to retain all this energy in order to help you fight the stress that you're in. Um, it's abs- it, it will require exercising, and but it's finding something that you enjoy doing um, and that you find satisfying. And it's focusing on eating healthy foods. And this is all the same advice that Denise and I would be giving you in any circumstance. There is no special, there is nothing special necessarily to weight loss and if there is it is very specific to that individual and is not applicable to others like that's really important and that you only really need to be doing on the direction of a professional who has a very good reason for suggesting that yeah yeah there is no one blanket fits all I think that the general rules like uh, the ones Mira just pointed out those are general for everyone and everybody Everybody who has a body can do mm-hmm. those. It makes sure they sleep, they manage their stress and so on. But uh, if you are looking at a more personalized approach, you would have to see a personalized approach because the you know the app on your phone is not necessarily seeing anything personalized. It's it's very generic, very broad. It can be, and there's nothing wrong with like rely like if it helps in terms of a barometer for you then as like as long as it's not something that you're obsessed about Mm. I understand the value of using it initially just as an educational tool you may disagree with me I do I do disagree because the the reason why I disagree is because again it goes back to that sense of uh, control is you're handing over your control over yourself your body your nutrition to some sort of external something because you're you're not good enough to look after yourself by yourself I understand the education piece obviously if you don't know it's very important to educate yourself but when I'm referring to apps I'm referring to the ones that either encourage you to track calories and Mm. you you know add uh, 100 here I had an uh, apricot then you have to google how many calories is in one apricot but you don't know if it's a small apricot or bigger you know it's again inaccurate (coughs) excuse me or I'm referring to those apps that um, give you some sort of system of points but they are not looking so much as the nutritional value of whatever you're eating yeah 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 yeah. no that I do agree with I mean I suppose what I'm trying to say is like keeping conscious of your food choices is is a useful tool as long as it doesn't become an obsession right because Mm. and that's just what we mean by making like the small amount of right decisions no that's not right what I mean the the small decisions are kind of the right decisions so like we like I was talking about before if like you know as as I explained like there's there's this whole concept of nutrient density and that's getting your your kind of your um, vitamins and minerals in kind of a nutritionally mm. in a calorie efficient kind of way right like yeah. and that's not that's the kind of good way of thinking about things so the idea is that obviously a hundred what I'm trying to say is like obviously a hundred calories of sweets is not the same as 100 calories of blueberries or spinach or whatever in terms of like the vitamins and minerals it gives you 
So sometimes like if it helps just in the initial educate, like I agree with Denise, like there's nothing wrong with educating yourself. Like definitely the very outdated using the point systems. And then I think these kinds of systems, they gave you like a certain number of sin points, which is just terrible way of looking at food. Like again, good or bad. Yeah. 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 Like we're not a fan of that, but there are foods that you want to be focusing on and, and, and having an understanding of, how those impact your, or how those contribute to your overall energy intake for a day. I think it just, it doesn't mean that you need to calorie count every single day, but just in terms of like understanding what a food does for your body, I think there is value in that. But as long as it's just for education in the beginning, and once you feel comfortable, it's fine. And it's not a rule that you live and die by. Like, obviously when that, when it starts to become your, a whole reasoning and decision-making capacity for how and what you eat, that is absolutely problematic. Um, I, I completely agree with that. Um, it, it can become a, an obsession, as you, as you say, and I've, I've seen that happening to people around me. Mm. And I, yeah, I, it's a very sad thing to see because everything yeah. becomes a, Oh, I can be naughty today. I'm gonna have an ice cream. And the way they, you know, self-flagellate that they had an ice cream after they had it. It's um, it, it, even if they had the ice cream and they feel like they've been naughty, they punish themselves in words, in actions, in so yeah. much that they there is there was no enjoyment in that bloody ice cream. They just they just had it because it was on the naughty list. Yeah. So that's that's why maybe I'm I'm quite close to the subject of apps and counting and things. But also, I think from a psychological point of view, what you're trying to do is educate yourself and then remember that you are your you are your best detective. You can put your detective hat on, have a food diary for two weeks, yeah, and then come back with curiosity and see, okay, how did I feel? this week or how did I feel last week did I have mood swings did I sleep better or worse what did I eat and look at it objectively we are very good at kidding ourselves we're very good at approximating wrong and so if you put it down on paper and then you revisit it as objectively as you can you might already establish for yourself where there might be some room for improvement to make small changes And that's where I think it becomes much more helpful approach because you don't give that power that you have over to something or someone else. The reason that I am, I'm butchering this whole power thing is because as soon as it goes away, as soon as you don't no longer pay the app subscription, or as soon as the program finished and maybe it failed you or maybe it succeeded, I don't know. As soon as that goes away, guess what? You are still going back to the way you were before mm. because you you gave, quote unquote, your life to something else. That creation, because the apps are very impersonal, fixed it for you, gave you back less kilos. So what was your learning from it? A lot of people don't take the learning of um, what we've improved in our lives. So I will give you an example. There were many studies done with the, that um, show, The Biggest Loser or The oh, Largest yeah, yeah, Loser. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. So there were people in this program that were very, 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 you know, uh, uh, in dire need of support to lose yeah. some weight because it was very 
important for their health. It wasn't for vanity reasons. And then they went through the process and sometime after they went back to check on these people. Mm. And the problem a lot of them had was that as soon as the program finished, they stopped doing whatever they were doing as part of the program. Yeah. Because there wasn't any more of a, I will tell you what's best for you type of chat. They had to do it for themselves and they couldn't. They didn't Mm. have in their own ears, they didn't have that sense of, oh, I know what is best. Oh, so-and-so trainer knows what is is best for me, but the trainer is no longer around. So I'll just not eat. Yeah. That's my, yeah, that's my concern with diets in general, because you don't feel like you are taking the lead and you should, because it's your life, it's your health. And the apps only want you to come back in six months time. So they will get some more money. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very fair point. I, I think like there's also just value in just looking at uh, labels on the back of food I think it's mm. really easy like as another educational tool instead like I think it's very like what what I also absolutely hate is like these diet products um, <sighs> because they you know they put the calories in the front but they're generally very very processed they're probably like very high in carbohydrates that are going to release their energy very quickly. And so they don't help your metabolic health. They're probably really tasteless. And yeah, and and just because they're lower or low calorie doesn't actually automatically make them healthy. Like the 91 calories you might get from their brownie gives you absolutely nothing in terms of like nutritional value. And so you would have just been better off having a fresh snack of like some carrot sticks and hummus and you would have, from having that 91 calorie brownie or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, I think paying attention to nutrition labels on the back of packets is so, so, so valuable um, and and allows you to assess how actually how helpful that food is going to be, hmm. um, at, at least in terms of like your general like 80 to 20% rule of like 80% of time, you do the thing that is healthful, and then the 20%, you just let go and do whatever is fun. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we are both advocates of everything in moderation to some extent, right? So it's it's about enjoying life as well. And I think, I, I'm, I mean, it helped. I'm sorry, I'm just going to leave that sentence hanging for a second because a, an example came to mind. Um, because I'm surrounded by people who don't struggle with their weight in in the place that I'm in now yeah I keep looking at them what do they eat when do they eat at what times what are their rituals and things or connection to their food and what I see quite frequently is there is an element of dessert when they're eating out right I don't know if they're eating out every day because I don't see the same exact humans all the time Mm. but there is an element of a small piece of dessert or a small, you know, piece of fruit at the end of the meal that normally comes out with uh, the at the place where 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 you eat, and I see them enjoying those things. And it doesn't really matter what age they're on; they do seem to enjoy that little piece of sugar. Let's call it yes. either natural or processed. So, but when I look at them in terms of the way they look, 
I yeah. don't know how they feel, but the way they look, they, to me, they look healthy and happy and enjoying their food. So I think once you get to that moment where you are comfortable at the weight you're in yeah. and you use moderation, I think it's very easy with the right mindset to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to have a piece of chocolate X, but a piece, not a, you know, big piece. I'm showing yeah, you like yeah, a yeah, huge yeah. bucket here because then that allows you to have whatever you would like in that particular moment. So I think once you get to that moment of, let's call it food freedom, where it doesn't govern your overall thoughts and worries and anxieties, it is something that you can build a practice around and then you can have the nice greens and the the plate um, structure that Mira was describing and the piece of chocolate at the end of the meal and nothing is going to happen no world yeah. is going to go upside down no exactly and yeah I think yeah that's a very important point like it, it yeah, we always encourage, you know, a sense of balance. And, um, you know, I, I that's why I called my business or like my practice balanced me because it's about finding the balance in, in your own life. And yes, like, you know, when someone embarks on a change, you know, you're coming to nutritionists or therapists or, you know, like Denise, because you know that you need to make a change. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is, it can feel like a big change or like the overall goal is to get to a change, a, a change in lifestyle that is may look not radically different, but definitely is different than the practices you have right now. And yeah, we encourage you to take small steps, but my point is you kind of come to us for change. So I know that you want to do it, but equally I need, I want you to find the the change that works for you and doesn't feel like you have to give up everything that you enjoy, um, that your whole life revolves around it. But we, ideally for, for us both, what you end up with uh, is something that actually feels really intuitive to like implement. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it always comes back to this idea of like just making really conscious choices. Like I think the trouble is like when we're making decisions about what to eat or um or any or a lot of things in life if you really want to be philosophical about it is we don't tend to choose it particularly consciously or with conscious mm -hmm. awareness of why we're making that choice so it's like it's it's just about like what the eventual hope is that you know it becomes intuitive but it's just recognizing that making healthy choices at least at the very beginning it has to, it has to be a conscious choice there's no other way to do it um and it's like well it's always kind of I guess the way that we would play is kind of how we're doing now it's always a this or that in the sense of okay well I, this is kind of what I'd like but what is actually the healthy choice that I need to make and it doesn't have to look radically different from what it is that you were craving but it just is a adjusted version that is more nutrient dense and um I think I'm going on a real waffle here so I'm really sorry but like yeah what I'm just trying to say is, is just it's about making really conscious choices it's about reading the ingredients label on a packaged food that you, you're deciding to buy and deciding whether that is actually healthy or not it's um 
it's about knowing that it's about stopping and thinking before you make a food choice or like, and just saying, Hey, is this the best choice that I could make based on all these factors of like time, convenience, um, and enjoyment. Let's just take those as a three, Mm -hmm. um, that I could be making for my health, not for my weight, but for my health. And I think once you get past that initial stage of needing it to be conscious, the hope is that it just becomes unconscious. If that makes sense. It it does it does I think I I would use the examples you've just given and I would just change one word and I would just say intentional I I feel like at the minute the conscious choices or conscious something has been you know used up so much that a lot of uh, at least a lot of my clients are like oh what do you mean <laughs> so set an intention. <laughs> write it down in your I don't know phone or on your fridge and say today I will choose one new vegetable you know set an intention in that sense Mm. it's the same thing we are saying exactly the same thing but I just wanted to give you the option to see it from a different uh, word point of view so conscious decision intentional decision they are one and the same but because of the way that I've seen my clients express themselves, I feel like they are not always sure what I mean by saying conscious decisions. So yeah. let's call them intentional intentions. You you set it out, you know what you're going to do today and then you fo- follow through. You might remember this from season two when Mira and I said that we don't, um, we don't, um, break promises that we make to ourselves so if you Mm. make the promise to yourself that this week your intention is to eat more greens make it realistic what is more greens is it one two which ones (laughs) is it cucumbers and uh, green peppers or you know make it very specific so that you know that is your intention and you set it out and you set it in out loud and then you can follow it through those kinds of changes are within your sphere of control and just make one or two of these once a week and stay focused and continue adding new ones next week and next week and next week. And you'll see that weight loss will be a byproduct and it will happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I think that's a really, yeah, it's a really fair point. And I think it doesn't, I, I also think like, let's just talk a little bit about, how slow and steady these steps really can be like you need to make it as simple for yourself as possible mm-hmm. um so that it makes it really hard to not follow through so okay so a good example is I decided that I needed to change up my breakfast like this is real life me so I was looking through some like books because uh, I have a lot of like health food books at home like cookbooks and things like that And I knew that there was a smoothie recipe that I liked. So I thought, okay, let me go and find it. And so the only intentions that I've set this week are like try and make more lunches at home that you then take with me on, because my job now involves a lot of travel uh, around uh, London where I'm based. So the challenge kind of this week has been try the smoothie and try to make uh, your, try to make more lunches on the go rather than eating out all the time. One, just to save money, and two, because it is, generally speaking, healthier for you. And that's about as much as I can do this week. Like, I can't do any, like, yeah, sure, there are a bunch of other things that maybe I could change, but I can't do it all in one go. 
So no. make it as simple and as foolproof for yourself as possible. Um, and just try and be consistent with it. The consistency really is key because that's how you build the habit. That's how you change the neural connections in your brain. It's how you adjust your taste buds to get used to having slightly less sweet things. It's um, consistency really is the name of the game. And the only way that you can be consistent is if you make it easy. So just do what you can. Like, you know, I think even for me, like before I started this new job, which is partly why we have had such a long break, um, my new job is quite physically intense. I'm on traveling a lot. I have to carry a lot of stuff with me. So it's been a complete 180 flip on what I was doing before. And so, yeah, I could make a whole bunch of other changes, but I don't have the capacity for that. And that's fine. It's just do the do the couple of things that you know you can or that feel achievable um, and make them as easy for you as possible. And it doesn't matter how silly that feels, like how difficult can it be to make a smoothie in the morning? Well, actually, it requires some pre-planning, buying the right ingredients, making sure they're all available and make it as easy as possible to put together. Then because I'm traveling, I have to consider like the Tupperware that I use because like I don't want to carry anything that's too heavy because that's a pain in the backside. So there are like considerations around convenience and things like that that matter but whatever it is just make it foolproof and that's the way that you'll start to see results because when you make it foolproof it makes it easier to be consistent it makes it easier to stick with it makes you less likely to fail and you end up yo-yo dieting and just take the win like if the moment all I can do maximally is get to the gym twice a week I'm going to take that win that's still twice a week. Like that's twice a week plus having an active job, like take the win. And yeah. so, yeah, that's, that, those are kind of our, I suppose our top tip, well, at least my top tips anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for that. I think we, we sprinkled a lot of uh, top tips throughout this episode. I think we, we, we came <laughs> guns blazing at diet culture because we both disagree with it. And to be honest, I see it as a pure money-making exercise at the detriment of people. It does, and it preys on your vulnerability and it it sucks the fun out of life, I think, a lot of the time. And yeah. it's, you know, weight is a very, very, very complicated subject that like I cannot explain. There are, people, there are doctors, nutritionists, all sorts of professionals who focus on weight loss, not just because it's something that the customers want, but because it is so complicated. And that's not to say that it can't be done with some simple steps, but just that it's to say that, that please don't beat yourself up if you are finding it hard, because it is hard. It yeah. absolutely is. And like Denise, I'm surrounded by people who don't have this problem and it's infuriating. And because, yeah, but everyone's metabolism is influenced by so many things including a lot of stuff that's out of your control but it doesn't mean that you can't harness food diet lifestyle tips to kind of benefit your health in a lot of different ways that include weight loss um yeah so it's just to also bear that in mind yeah yeah it, it, it is a hard journey to embark on it potentially it's a little bit easier when you're younger in life potentially mm -hmm. i don't know but uh, I don't have enough information to, to say that it is or it isn't. But I think 
if that is your goal, you, the person listening in, or if you think that is where you need to focus on, I would kindly ask you to start with a food diary, mm-hmm. put on your detective hat and see the real food and other drinks and things intake that you have over a two-week period to see the real story, right? Yeah. And then if you want to have the full, full story, keep track of your exercise for the same two weeks, keep track of your mood, keep track of your sleep, keep track of your stress at work, because you are more than the number on the scales and you need to see yourself as more than the number on your scale. Mm -hmm. And once you see everything in perspective, your might already jump to immediate steps that you can implement yourself. You can realize some things and you'll be like, oh, I need to change this, this and this. And that's fantastic. Good for you. Or you might think, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing here. I want to speak to somebody who can guide me and reach out to somebody that is specifically trained in these types of areas, a nutritionist, a therapist, whatever you think you, you need. Most of us in, in this line of work, we offer free initial conversations. So you yep. can chat to some people, see whether you connect with them, see if they can help you achieve your goals. But do not, do not think that it's outside of your sphere of control mm-hmm. or that you are a bad human, that your number on the scale doesn't look like what you want it to look like. Yeah, yeah. And just remember the number isn't absolutely everything there are so many factors that go into like what a healthy person looks like um and so but yeah do not under any circumstances place your entire value based on that number that you see um it isn't the most important number it's a very useful indicator but it's not the complete picture so yeah that's also something that I want to leave you with and it's very hard I think to ignore what societal and cultural norms dictate that we should or shouldn't be and I understand that from a personal perspective I think Denise can relate to in some way we all can we all have our own insecurities and things like that but this journey is about it's just about you you as the individual sitting there listening it's about what health looks and happiness look like for you and to hell with everybody else and their their demands on what you should and shouldn't look like um so yeah I also wanted to to leave you with that as well thank you that's very very well put I I yeah to hell with what everybody else thinks I mean, obviously, some people have good <laughs> intentions. <laughs> they do, yeah, they do. And they love you and they want to guide you and they give you good advice and things. So don't completely disregard everything. But I will also encourage you to be very intentional in regards to whom you are sharing your story yeah. with. Because it is very important. Choose your people wisely. If you are on a journey, if you want to improve your health, choose the people that you are talking about this particular journey wisely, because not everybody is going to relate, not everybody is going to be helpful, and some people might just project a lot of fears and insecurities of their own onto your own, Mm -hmm. 
journey mm-hmm. and then you might be set the back because of that so yep. choose those people wisely because they might help guide you further or they might put breaks in your journey without them trying to yeah. so it's not because they have bad intentions but you know so choose people wisely and don't feel the need to share it with the rooftops or to explain yourself why you're having hummus and carrots today and yesterday you had three hamburgers nobody should know that unless you really want to tell them yeah 100% I think that's a really valuable point because I've definitely like chatted to people in the past and really regretted it and yeah so I, I totally agree with Denise there like yeah definitely pick your people very wisely definitely they need to and and let people yeah and I would honestly say just let people know that what they're saying isn't helpful yes (laughs) tell them tell them off if they're not being helpful if they're not being respectful just tell them you don't need to tell them oh f off but you can tell them politely look this is not a helpful conversation thank you for your input yeah can we just move on or just move the if you don't feel confident or comfortable doing that then just move the conversation on yourself like politely and just refuse to enter the discussion and just be like oh do you know i'd rather talk about something else exactly um Yeah. yeah so so yeah i i think that's a very very good point to end on definitely but just know we love you we believe in you um we are always here if you want to get in touch with us. So we have our social um, platform, which it will be linked at the bottom of the description of this episode. You can email us. Denise and I can work together to help you. We can work with you individually um, as practitioners. Um, whatever you know, we can do to support you, we will. Um, and yeah, just keep just keep up the good work. Keep believing in yourself. Keep giving yourself the chance. Just keep trying. That's all you can do. Keep trying and remember to be kind, compassionate and curious with yourself. For sure. We love you. We will hopefully be back a much Very quicker soon. time frame. That's <laughs> 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 what we have done now that I actually know what I'm I'm doing for work. Um, yeah, yes. we are really sorry about the hiatus, but uh, I've been absolutely physically pummeled in my new job. Not that I don't enjoy it, but it's very good, but it's very, very tiring. And yeah, for sp- several reasons, we've had to keep pushing back, but we are still here. We are still going to be pushing content and we-, we hope to be back very, very soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening in and give us a subscribe, a like, a follow, whatever you fancy. Give us a five star rating. We are here for it and we will love you and leave you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.